Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Smith. And if you have not done so, please subscribe or hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this episode and want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. However, today, before you go and subscribe, my friends, I would like to introduce you to the one, the only, Hannah Gray. <laughs> Welcome Ooh. to the show, Hannah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Same here. So uh, going into a pretty uh, simple question, I suppose, uh, how is it that you impact the lives of the people around you? That's a simple question. We're going, we're going like deep right off the bat. Hey, okay. Um, well, goodness. Um, let me think about how to answer that. Um, I guess what I really try and do is help people find what lights them up on the inside and, um, been doing it for a while. So apparently it is working and, um, you know, I try and help people find what what really makes them happy and what makes them tick and what makes them like fall in love with being themselves, right? So I love that quite a bit. And I imagine that you have your own personal experience with this kind of progression. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, so I, I sort of started out as as a personal trainer, um, a little later in life and I had, you know, I've had my kids and stuff and I was fishing around for something else to do. I knew, I knew that there was going to be a career change, but I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, at the time I was, I was pretty obese and not super happy about it and didn't feel like I was, you know, setting a good example for my daughters and stuff. So, um, so I thought I've got to get my issues with me under control before I start sharing that with, with my kids. Right. So, um, and I discovered around that time that, um, that if I got some exercise every day, I was a way better mother and a way better wife and felt way better about everything. And, um, one thing led to another and I started doing, um, started doing triathlons. I was a cardio bunny to start off with. Um, I know, right. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that that's pretty um, cool yeah yeah and so the first year that I did triathlon um my sister-in-law actually was doing one and she's and I was at the time I was trying to run I gotta back up here I was trying to run every day um and running isn't isn't awesome when you've got like two kids under 18 months and you're nursing and you know just postpartum and 300 pounds and you know it wasn't it wasn't the right fit but I was, I was trying, it wasn't working great. And my sister-in-law said, um, and my sister-in-law comes from a very athletic family. Her two brothers are, um, are firefighters and she had just had a baby as well. And she said, my brothers and I are going to do a triathlon. You want to do it with us? And I went, yes, hell yeah, I do. And then I got off the phone and I had to look up what a triathlon was. And I was like, all right, cool. I can do this. <laughs> so then, um, so then I sort of discovered that, um, that it's way easier to run and swim and bike than just run every day. And, um, so that year I lost 106 pounds and did five triathlons. And then I thought if I can help somebody else feel good about themselves, the way I feel better about myself now, then that would be something I could be proud of. So I went back to school and became a personal trainer and the rest is kind of history. Although, um, 
although that journey sort of grew and changed and I got super sick in 2013 and took a year off work to deal with, with that and gained a ton of weight and couldn't work out, couldn't do all the things that I was used to doing. And so as I was coming out of the the treatment for that, that health issue that I had sort of been dealing with for a long time, um, I thought, okay, I got to get back into this, but I can't do the things that I was doing. I was doing, I was still doing triathlon, but I was also really having fun with doing obstacle races and I was doing martial arts and stuff. And, um, and I thought, okay, what can I do? What I can do is I can like load up a barbell and do one rep and then sit and wait for, wait for the spins to settle down. Um, so I thought, okay, this isn't going to be my thing, but I'm going to try powerlifting. We'll, we'll figure out how powerlifting works. And, um, and then I'll go back to doing what I was doing before when I'm, when I'm starting to feel better. And what I was not expecting was that powerlifting was fucking awesome. And I had so much fun with it and my body liked it. And I was just like, this, this is where I live now. And very shortly after that, I started Olympic weightlifting and, um, and I really just kind of felt after that, like, I don't, I don't need to do anything else after this, like barbell sports are my jam. So, um, so it, so it did sort of change how, how I lived my life in a bunch of different ways. And, and sort of that journey has sort of grown and changed and, and done all sorts of crazy things. So, um, yeah, that answers your question, right? I feel like I talked a lot. Yeah, that was, that's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> With uh, with that, um, what I would call a hero's journey, the little, uh, <laughs> the little snippet where you just go through your uh, training montage. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, that works. Uh, what what did you with that with that training montage during that time? Where did you find yourself? Where did you find the mental narratives shifting the most when you first started compared to now? What would you go back in time and tell your younger self, I suppose? Um, hmm. That was a good question. Um, if I could go back in time, like way, way back um, to like, college age when I thought I was going to be a musician and I didn't see anything else happening. Um, I would have said, Hey, there's other stuff that, that you could do here because when I was a kid and as I was growing up, I didn't, I didn't really realize that there was anything else for me to do that was available that except, you know, cardio running marathons and stuff. Um, I come from a family of, of <laughs> real cardio, cardio crazies. Um, there are a lot of marathon runners and triathletes and stuff in my family. And so that's, that's all, that's all I thought there was to it. Right. Um, and I sort of knew that I was never going to be great at that. I just thought I have to do it just to, just to be healthy and just to be like a functional person. Um, and they're, they're, and I'm, I'm never going to knock it. Like there were some great benefits to that, but also, I'm kind of a big person. I'm a Clydesdale and I will never not be a Clydesdale. So um, I felt like when I found what was going to work for my body, um, that was, that was the thing. That's, that's what made me happy. And I, I always had to like, 
I enjoyed doing a lot of triathlon. I enjoyed doing martial arts and stuff, but it was always like, well, if I was a little smaller or if I was like faster or skinnier, this is going to go better. But it just wasn't, it wasn't a natural fit. And then I, you know, I had to be okay with, with saying, okay, well, I'm never going to be awesome at this, but I'm going to do it every day anyway. Um, but when I did find the thing, it was like, yeah, this is what I want to spend my time doing. And that's when it really stuck. So, um, so I guess if I could go back, I would say like, keep trying to find that thing that works. Um, and I, and I had this conversation with my clients a lot too, where, you know, I'll get these clients who say, well, I'm never a gym. I've never, I'm never going to be a gym girl and I'm not an athlete and I'm not this and I'm not that, but I have to do it and I'm never going to like it. Mm. And I always just say, you know, maybe you just haven't found the thing yet. You know, maybe it's jujitsu or maybe it's, you know, maybe it is the cardio thing. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you want to do a bodybuilding competition. Who knows? But I mean, there's so many, there's so many options out there. And I mean, I, and I think the secret to making it stick is to find something that you like or find a community that you enjoy. And that's, that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter so much what you're doing, just that you do it. Right. Nice. So you have, <clears throat> no matter what the objective of health stays the same, it's just trying things until you find the thing that sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, it doesn't matter how you move your body, but you do have to move every day and you got to find something that makes you like your body and like yourself in order for it to be something that you look forward to every day instead of this thing that you just have to do. Totally. So that's not a chore. It's a part of your life. You mentioned a word. It was Clydesdale. Was that what it was? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that word before. Really? Um, well, Clydesdale is a, is a breed of a horse, right? And oh. They're like those big ass horses that pull the big wagons. Um, and you know, you're not going to put them into a quarter mile race cause they're never, ever going to win, but they'll pull the biggest fucking wagon. <laughs> so here I am thinking, oh, I'm like, oh, there must be some sort of medical something or other. I've no, never no. heard that before. Now it makes no. sense as to why I've never heard it before. <laughs> oh, it's so clear. Uh, from, so going from just having, uh, that sole focus of musician and you're focusing on, this is going to be my life for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And then shifting, well, you still, you did two Tuesdays for a little bit there. And then you're now you're lifting weights and you're coaching people to lift weights as well. Was there any resistance in that transition? Um, not really. Um, the biggest thing was that there was, there was like a 10 year gap where I was like, um, when I had kids, when I got pregnant the first time, it was like, okay, we're doing this. I'm going to find something else to do. I'm never going to be a musician or I'm never going to be a professional musician. I've been a, you know, a pro musician for, for a bunch (laughs) of years at that point. And I was teaching a lot. And in order to be to be a full-time musician, you have to, you have to do a lot of teaching. And I never really liked teaching music. Um, I love playing, love performing, don't like teaching it. Um, and we can dig into that later, but, um, but when, when I had kids, when I got pregnant the first time and it was like, all right, we're going to have children. 
um, I've got to find another career and I've got to be a stay-at-home mom for a while. Um, at that point, I thought, okay, I'm just going to sell my horns. Um, I play three different instruments, so I thought there's no way I can maintain elite chops on three instruments and it's just going to be depressing if I try. So I sold all my instruments, decided that I was probably not going to be a musician and that was going to be okay. And um, and I thought, if I come back to it later in life, then then the universe will have to say, okay, it's time to time to go back to that. But um, so there wasn't a lot of resistance because it was like, you know, I, I knew that I was going to have to make the decision to not do that and throw like a hundred percent of my effort into doing something else. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that bad. And then, um, <clears throat> and then way later when I guess Bach brass, my brass quintet is turning 10 years old this year. Um, so 10 years ago, we decided like my husband is a professional musician as well. And we met playing music together and, um, and actually we met playing in a brass quintet and, uh, and we were talking about, uh, I was, I was saying one day as I was folding laundry that I missed playing music. And my husband said, well, you know what, it is time for you to get back in there. So just like as sort of a joke, I said, well, you know, I don't have a tuba anymore. And so we opened up Kijiji and the first thing, like I just, I just typed in musical instruments for sale. And the first thing that came up was this tuba. And I was like, what in Edmonton? Like, are you serious? And, um, and it said the owner of this tuba was a professional musician. It's been well-maintained, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, that has to be, um, like, it has to be somebody I know. So I messaged him and sure enough, it was somebody I knew pretty well. And he said, yeah, I'm looking for a new home, home for this instrument. And it's a good one. And I was like, sold. I don't even have to look at it or play it. It's yours. I, I know it's in good shape. So done. Anyway, so I bought that tuba and started playing again. And, um, and, and so now I do, I do quite a lot of, of both, like both training and, and playing music. And, uh, and it's, it's been awesome. Like it's really been cool. a, yeah, yeah. Have you found that there is kind of an interesting question? I haven't really internally answered this question myself, but I think I'll probably ponder it later on. But have you found an overlap between, because you are a teacher, Mm -hmm. but of the weights rather than a teacher of the music, but was there ever, do you find that when you were teaching music, there's an overlap with music to lifting? That's an awesome question because my husband and I talk about this all the time. He teaches music a lot. Um, and we always talk about how how close to the same thing it is because as a personal trainer and as a music teacher, in both in both capacities, really, before anything else, you're a life coach. And it's like, mm. you know, we spend so much time talking about what's important to you, what turns what turns you on in life, like what what do you want to bring to this that's going to make it yours and make it special and you know how are you going to express yourself in this in this in this way right and so um so there's a lot of overlap um and this is this is what i was sort of getting at when i was talking about how i didn't really like teaching music um i and i was teaching a lot of music but you'd get these kids that were really there because their parents wanted them to be there and you'd say okay so what did you work on this week and they'd say nothing and, and I, I really, I liked teaching the kids that were excited to be there, but 
But the ones that weren't, it was like, well, what are you doing here? Find something else to do. Because because if you don't want to play music, don't play music. There's no, there are no negative consequences to finding something else that lights you up. End of story. Um, as far as movement is concerned or physicality or exercise or whatever, that's something that everybody needs to do. And you need to do it and you need to do it more and more and more in life. Um, and so it becomes like, this is something that I really believe in with every fiber of my being is that, you know, like you have to, I don't care if it's Zumba or aerial silks or yoga or powerlifting or whatever, but you got to do something. And, um, and like, you're not going to be a healthy person if, if you don't. So, um, so that's something that I care about putting out into the world way more than like, if you don't like playing music, don't play music. Who cares? Go find something else that you do care about. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, both of them are, are really, they're very similar in that, um, in that it's like really past expressing yourself in music and past figuring out how you want to be in your own flesh. Um, they're both about who are you and what are you going to bring to light up everybody else? Mm. Cause then it actually perpetuates outwards. Yeah. Cause when you got good vibes going on, I like how you said that earlier, <clears throat> get your issues figured out. And while well, I wrote it down, get your issues figured out before figuring out the issues of others. And I find mm -hmm. when we figure out our own shenanigans, then <laughs> other people's shenanigans kind of fall in their own place. But I think it's from a perspective of preaching and teaching where words and actions are in alignment. <clears throat> so if others are seeing it, then it helps contribute to the positive input of others as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're not going to be excited about helping somebody achieve something, then why do it? Right. Totally. That's cool. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great answer. I not gonna lie. I, I had that question. Like the very first time I asked you to be on the podcast, I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I got a question in my back pocket already. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet. Okay. Well, what, what do you think? Uh, so in this journey of basically this, this physical changes along with the mental changes along with uh, the chain, all the, all those kind of things. What's your and internally, like self, um, <clears throat> yeah, internally, what's your journey with love been like? With love? Yeah. Or how does love play into your story and your progress? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, that you could take in like any direction that you wanted to. <laughs> Very tricky. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> okay, so um I feel like I'm I'm old as dirt at this point, so I feel like the way I express love for myself or for anybody around me has changed a lot in in such a way that it was, it was more about attachment, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it has gotten a lot less attached and a lot more confident, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, I don't feel like 
I mean, I'm, I've gotten to a place where I'm almost a hundred percent okay with me. Um, and that has meant that my relationships with everybody else have gotten way more accepting and way less attached. I know I, I used that word already. Um, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like this desperate thing that I need to hang on to anymore. It's just like, you know what? People who want to be here are here and I'm here for whoever wants to be around me. And I'm not going to take it personally if somebody feels like they've grown out of this relationship and need to move on. I'm always here to come back to, but, um, but I feel like that's, that's the way a lot of <laughs> a lot of things have gone so I'm like my relationship with myself but also my relationship with my children my youngest is turning 18 next week and and it's just been this whole long process of letting go and saying okay I'm not going to be attached to this anymore um I hope I did for you what I was supposed to and we're always here to come back to if you need it but go forth and and do some good in the world kind of thing. I think that's that's the best way to put it. Um it's just that you know have to let go of all these attachments and and just trust and uh, see what happens. I like Find that. Out. We'll we'll ha we'll have to come back to this in 5 years and see if I did it right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I crushed it. Hopefully yeah, is what you it. say. <laughs> yeah. My children survived. We're doing yeah. all right so far. Yeah, exactly. How many kids do you have? Two. Two? Yeah. You're like still there. Still crushing they're, it. They're still here. Yeah. They're they're both doing well. One of them is finishing grade 12 today, and the other one is in university. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so with uh so hmm. I'm trying to think of a kind of a neat kind of way of putting this one. <clears throat> so when it, when it comes to raising your kiddos mm -hmm. in that time, cause I think it'd be kind of a cool one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a cool question. So when it kind of, when it comes to raising your kiddos and as a coach and as a teacher and as a role model and support system, how have you recognized your actions impacting your kids oh boy um well there there are definitely positives and negatives um and i tried really really hard not to force anything down my kids throats um especially as far as their relationship with themselves and relationship with their physical bodies are concerned um I tried to be as good an example as I possibly could. Um, now, when things are not going well, I am not good at at kind of rolling with it. I, I tend to turn everything inwards and hate on myself a little bit. Um, and I work on that. However, um, I know that it, it has impacted my children and, um, and my older one in particular does the same thing um and she's she's a lot more extroverted than i am and so she tends to express it a lot better than i do but um but when things aren't going well i turn it all inwards and um 
And I know that that they both feel the, the effects of that. Um, on the flip side, I think that they are both, you know, they're both good at identifying what what they are good at and what lights them up. And um, I hope that they don't feel like they've been pushed in any particular direction. I know that um, I know that my older one has said that she wishes that we that we would have pushed her harder in the in some directions. But also, I was, you know, I was raised in a house where we were pushed hard. And, um, and, you know, if we weren't the best, then that was a big problem. And, um, and if we weren't, you know, overachievers, especially in exercise, that was also a big problem. And so I fought back against that. And that was how I ended up, you know, hovering around 300 pounds. As soon as I left my parents' house, it was like, all right, see ya. If I want to eat ice cream every day, I'm gonna. And, um, and so I felt like I grew up and I, sort of fought back against that. And I don't see my kids doing that yet. So that's not to say that they won't do it, but so far, so so far good. it's going okay. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I'm trying, and I, I'll start uh, thinking of questions that are more like, not just like internal questions. Oh, that's okay. But, okay, cool. With all the internal questions, you ask me about oh, whatever. So with, um, actually with, with coaching clients, mm -hmm. I imagine that you've had some clients that have approached you and said, Hannah, like, I know I'm crushing it, but I am internalizing things and I'm flustered with myself and I just keep on perpetuating pain into the present. Where, what would be a breakdown or a framework that you would introduce to that person to help them kind of break down those narratives? That's an interesting question. Um, so there are two different directions that I would go with this. If this is like a general population person who just wants to be stronger and be healthier, and that's the only reason why they're with me, then I would, I would approach that in such a way that I would say like let's like maybe start keeping a daily wins journal or you know finish every day and think about like how did we win that how did we win the day today like did you get your vegetables in did you did you follow the habits that that make you feel good like how do you feel about how you did today um and and just like focus on the positives and keep on going and you know try and make each day better um if it's a barbell sports athlete, um, that's, that's a different thing. And I, and I find that especially with Olympic weightlifting, we get, we tend to, with Olympic lifting, we, we tend to attract a personality type that is like sort of conditioned to be like a little, a little, little self-hatey. And, um, and in those cases, um, and like, you're never, ever going to win. Like every day is going to be like, well, that workout was shit. We'll try and be better tomorrow. Um, but with those people, they tend to be younger and they tend to be stronger. And, you know, my, my first, my first impulse is like, shut the fuck up. We all feel that way. And then, and then past that, we have to kind of say, okay, well, like, let's take a step back. 
if we're hating on ourselves today, let's talk about like, how did you eat yesterday? How did you sleep last night? What other stresses do you have going on in your life? Um, if you're an adult, there are always going to be other things happening in life that are going to interfere with how you expect yourself to perform on the platform. And maybe some, like maybe today's a day that we need to take all of those percentages back 5% and just be okay with that. Mm. And, and just getting through that workout and, you know, getting all those boxes checked off and train heroic um, is the biggest win that you can hope for. And like when, when things are coming apart in my world, that's, that's sort of what I come back to is like, okay, let's just get the reps done, make them as pretty as you can. They don't have to be heavier than they were last week. Maybe they're, you know, sometimes that's just not happening and that's okay, but let's just get the reps done, make them look as good and technically correct as possible and take that as the win. Nice. So internalize a little bit of compassion and grace. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, or, uh, as I like to remind myself, just be a little bit less of an asshole to myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or the um, person internalized assholeness. <laughs> yes. Being less of an asshole. I like, um, and, and giving yourself some grace and giving yourself some compassion is good up to a point. Um, I do feel like we go too far in that direction sometimes. And it's like, you know, sometimes I get athletes who come to me and say, Oh, I'm really tired. And I didn't have a good sleep last night. And is it okay if I just like, you know, just kind of mail it in today. And I'm like, well, okay. In that case, like give it 10 minutes and see if it turns out to be fun. You might have the best workout ever. Maybe you'll even hit a PR. I don't know. But if you walk into that workout saying, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really easy on myself today. No, fuck you. Get the, get the shit done. Um, so so it depends on on the person and and it depends on the um like I would never ever say that to like the mom who was up with a sick kid all night or whatever. I'd say, okay, yeah, you know, give yourself some compassion. But like on that day where when you're just feeling like a pussy, shut the fuck up and get your work done. Like Love it. there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's contextual. <laughs> it really right, is. Right after I said that and then you went into it, I was like, oh, actually, okay, I, yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Cause then we can use that. Uh, we can use that, that what we perceive to be the end of the world or just like that time where it's just like, Oh, like just beating herself, not even beating ourselves up, mm -hmm. but, uh, an excess of compassion or an excess of grace when really what we, what would be in our best interest to do at that point is to actually prove that internal dialogue wrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that whole thing that, that kind of drives me crazy. And I'm going to, I'm going to go into a rant a little bit here, but like do it. people who talk <laughs> about, about diet culture and about how it's the worst thing in the world. Sometimes the best thing that you can do for yourself and the best expression of self-love is to say, okay, I'm going to have some discipline for a little while and I'm going to like dial it in tight. And this is like the gift that I'm going to give myself and I'm going to feel tons better because I feel like with the whole, Oh, I'm going to get canceled here. But with that whole like health and <laughs> size, body positive, I'm all for body positivity. And I'm also all for treating everybody as an individual and everybody deserves love and compassion and everything. But everybody also needs a little bit of discipline in their lives. And 
there's nothing that makes you feel like you can handle shit like saying I fucking killed that workout today and I dialed my nutrition in and um and like I'm feeling strong and like I can handle stuff um and if you and if you walk into every session going oh I'm going to give myself some grace it'll be okay no 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 you're you're going to build more confidence by by grinding against something you know you're going to be able to sharpen the edges yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i i i love that and guess we'll both be canceled in that what no, I'm just <laughs> we won't be canceled i don't i think it's i think that's okay bring it on <laughs> yeah exactly it's like i'm still going to be living afterwards no biggie yeah. uh i i totally i think uh who was it i believe it was actually will smith that said but he said that discipline is an expression of self love and Absolutely. i and i do very much so agree with that where I've been more disciplined now than I have ever before in my existence. Mm -hmm. And I've actually found that I've respected my efforts and I've respected myself and my visions and values and my goals a lot more, but I wouldn't have been able to find that if I was still a loose cannon. Absolutely. And what I've, what I found or what I find with, uh, where there is that resistance to discipline is that people don't have an informed decision to work off of because they only understand one side of the coin, right? Mm -hmm. If their physical, if their physicality is one coin, there's two sides to the coin, right? And I think that, for example, when when I quit, well, not yeah, I guess quit drinking. It started with a pause on drinking, but I've continued not drinking because I know what two the two sides feel like, so sure. I can make an informed decision on which one I want to do more so. And I found that that, that discipline has been able to show me uh, or discipline in general has been able to show me ways of actually, I guess it goes back to self-loving on that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because now I just, I feel like I appreciate myself where I'm not like just beating myself up or being a jerk. Yeah. And I, and I think that like, if you, if you put some faith in yourself and say, okay, well, like I had a really rough day. I feel like diving into a pint of Haagen-Dazs and just like eating myself into a coma and then, and then fixing it tomorrow or whatever. Right. Um, been there. And sometimes, sometimes that's what you got to do. On the other hand, I also know that when you wake up after that, not going to feel good. And it's like, oh man, now, now I've got to like get back on the horse and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a permanent solution. Right. I mean, we can, we can wake up the next day and say, oh, well, the world needs to be better for me, but it's not going to. So might as well just put on your big girl panties and like hit the gym extra hard and not, not out of, out of a sense of self-punishment, but out of a sense of like, I'm going to, I'm going to grind against it today instead of, instead of just like feel sorry for myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I definitely share very much so a similar mentality. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. Where have you found? Hmm. I guess that, that question was kind of answered where, it would be doing doing the difficult thing in order to 
really get to the point. Yeah. I mean, well, doing the difficult, yeah. I think like choosing that harder path is going to make you more confident. And like, I've never gotten to the bottom of a pint of ice cream and said, yeah, I killed that pint of ice cream. No, no. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. I did that again. Damn it. <laughs> but at the end of a really good workout, it's like, yeah, now I'm ready to go. Now I can take on the world. What's the next mm. hard thing? You know? Mm. I really like that. that. That's that's a reward in itself. And it's not just a Band-Aid, but it's something something positive that you did. Not And it's not like a self-punishment. It's like, you know, it's a gift that you give yourself to say, okay, I can handle the next thing. Bring it on. I like that. Hmm. So what, what would, what would you say, what would you say would be kind of your, your, your vision or your mission or what you want to teach people that you bring on? Um, What do I want to teach people that I bring on? I guess, I mean, it depends on the person again. Um, and sometimes it's, yeah, it, it's so, it's so individual. Like I've got some athletes that, that it's like, okay, what you need from me is you need to learn how to maybe put on the brakes and not go balls out every day so that you can go balls halfway out every day for the rest of your life. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. And, and I feel like that was one lesson that I really, that I had to learn that I didn't learn for a while. Um, because when I first started this whole journey, I, I really wanted to be that person that like went hard all the time. And it, you know, what that ended up being was that I was just fucking injured and hurting all the time and I had to learn to dial it back enough that you know enough that I could work out every day and that I could continue to do this forever you know I'm 46 years old and I'm still competing in Olympic weightlifting so um, in order to make that happen you got to make sure that like your technique is perfect and you're like hitting all those reps at 70% in a per, you know, in as perfect a way as you can every single day. But it means that I'm not going to like 85, 90%, except for like, for the last couple of weeks before competition or whatever. Um, and that's sort of a, I don't know, that's like one example. Um, so, so for some people, it's, it's really about making sure that we dial it back so that they can do it long-term. Um, some people need that extra help to get into the gym every single day. And we need to have this conversation about how like, we're going to do something good for ourselves and, you know, and leave the gym every day feeling better than when you walked in and, you know, and they need to learn to trust that they can go a little harder than they think they can. Um, so that's, that's the opposite end of that spectrum. So it's really about finding, finding what that, what the person in front of me needs in order to continue to work out next week even but but the goal is always longevity so some people need an extra push some people need to find what what they like um and some people need to like learn to dial it back a little bit in order to not injure themselves so that they can work out next week i like so, that it depends 
Fair enough. It's like that's the lame, cheap answer to every fitness related question, right? Depends. Yeah. No answer <laughs> yeah. to that question. Yeah. Well, it depends. Well, yeah. no shit. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, so yeah, we can do better than that. But um, uh, okay, I, I got a cool. Uh, this is a fun question. This is a question that I like asking guests, and I think that you would probably have a pretty cool uh, opinionated answer. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get like triple canceled. Let's get all, all the right. complaints. Oh uh, no. Okay. But it could be, and you can take it in whatever kind of realm you wish. But uh, what is What's something, and this, this is a this is a fun one. What's something that society as a whole, or generally speaking, cares about that you have zero shits about? Oh well, I sort of touched on this earlier. Um, That's what inspired the question. Whole, <laughs> it's that whole self compassion thing, and like the health at any size thing. Um, and again, I think, yes, you can be healthy at any size. However, um, whining about the rest of the world not being accepting of people who are um, who are just okay with not being strong and not being able to do things, um, I, I think we're going in the wrong direction with that, you know? Like, I think, you know, this, this idea that, that we can wrap ourselves up in, in all the things that we can't do in our disabilities and our this and our that and our special conditions, no, no, there's always stuff that you can work on and there's always stuff that you can make better and getting complacent about that shit because you have something else that's getting in the way. No bullshit. You can always make things better for yourself. That makes me angry when people are like, oh, I have this or I have that. And it's like, yeah. No, you can, you can still get in and get after it and you need to make yourself better for the world. We don't need to make the world better so that you feel better about yourself. Fuck that. Totally. I, uh, I think I have a <clears throat> kind of similar, I have a theory <laughs> Okay. or not really a theory, but, uh, a thought, I suppose. And I find that the people or the folks, and I was one of these folks as well before, before I started, you know, figuring my own shit out before figuring it out others. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Uh, but what I found is uh, when generally speaking, when folks are trying to get validation from the external world, they're not participating in the experience of life as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that to me like hurts my heart because we are here only for, I think, I think that there is not enough of an emphasis on recognizing that we are here for a very finite period of time. And in, in my mind, like, I think I ponder, I ponder like kicking the bucket often, not in a bad way, but, uh, overall I, I found that when this is my little thought on nihilism too. When people just don't think that there's any meaning to life. Mm -hmm. I think that nihilists just have too much time on their hands. And <laughs> that if the work to experience life to the best of our ability and participating in the experience of living, then all the things that we perceive to be 
horrible ex- or not horrible, but painful points of existence kind of naturally flutter away because we're, we're actually in it and we're too distracted by doing things and being in it to recognize what I would refer to as petty narratives. Hmm. If, if that made sense. Yes. Um, and it makes me think of, um, a conversation that I was listening to on a podcast earlier today, actually, where people, where they were talking about whether or not life is net positive or net negative. And it was on the subject of like, if life is mostly made up of pain and suffering, and you've got these few little glimmers of, of intense joy or um, joy or so, you know, elation. Well, no, I mean, on, on the other, on oh. the other hand, so, I mean, we're, we're stuck in this, in this painful day-to-day grind and there are these little glimmers of hope and joy and, mm. um, and fun and all the, all the good things and happiness. Um, then at the end, if life is a net negative, then what are we doing, you know, having children or trying to progress as as a society or as as a human race right mm-hmm. um but really i think that um that that there's got to be some some satisfaction from that grind every day so that and this is you know this is something that i think about a lot so that like on a tuesday you can get up and be like yeah this is you know this is what like i'm doing what I do best every day, because this is what I live for. And I'm trying to, trying to serve the rest of the world as well as I can. Um, and not, you know, not going, going through the week and being like, Oh, thank God I made it to Friday and, you know, living differently over the weekend and then getting the Sunday scaries on Sunday night at seven o'clock and being like, Oh God, I have to go back into Monday again. Um, and if, and if it's that, like, if it's just like this day-to-day drudgery that you hate, then, then why bother, honestly? But, um, but I don't feel like, I feel like we are going in a direction as a society where people are sort of finding what, what lights them up a little bit better. Um, or I'd like to think that anyway. Um, but I think that, you know, finding, finding that way to make it through every single day so that you get up on a Tuesday thinking, yeah, this is going to be a good day or whatever. Um, I think that, you know, that makes it worth it. Right. I agree. You can gaze into our navels and contemplate life and death and the meaning of the universe and stuff. But, (laughs) but I think if we can, you know, if we can get up every morning and feel like we're doing some good in the world and, you know, making progress, even, even on ourselves, then, then that's, that's something that we can be proud of and you can go to bed at night thinking, yeah, I got something done today. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I go into a freaking existential uh, conversation. Freaking yeah, love it. Not, right? Yeah. That's cool. Do you have a, on that note, I suppose, do you have your own kind of a, I don't know, philosophy or framework that's been fairly consistent that you've developed over time? that's kind of helped you keep yourself in check? Um, I think that has changed a lot over the years. Um, and I feel like 
I'm pretty lucky in that, you know, I've been, I've been in a career that I love for getting close to 20 years now. And that in itself has, has grown and changed and switched directions and stuff, but, um, but life has changed a lot. And what worked five years ago is super different now. And like in the next couple of years, life is going to change completely again. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, I think just, I, the, the one thing that I, that has remained steady is the desire to keep on learning and never kind of rest on my laurels. Like I've always, I've always wanted to learn more and do things better. And, you know, as soon as I start feeling like, you know, like I've, gotten as far as I can in one direction or another, I start, you know, I picked up something else and, um, and that has worked really well. So, I mean, never getting complacent. I never, ever feel like, all right, I know everything about this. So, so I can just be happy in the fact that I know everything. Um, I've never felt like that. I've always felt like there's, there are more mountains to climb. So, um, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I have, I have a client who's, who's over 80 and I trained his partner as well. And, um, you, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. And they're, they're the best people to hang out with because he just got his pilot's license. I mean, he's 82 years old, but he like, they never ever stop being involved and in trying to like learn about things and keep on serving. Like they're on, they're on boards for universities and hospitals and orchestras and like they're, they're still out there doing shit and they make an effort to get out and learn everything that they can. And they're both like learning new languages and stuff. And that's, that's so inspiring. I love watching that. And that's, that's how I want to be until I die. I'm actually, I'm a hundred percent on the same page with that. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. He's in his eighties and learning how to fly. Just gives, gives me thoughts on that one. Cause one thing that I've recognized is I think when there's that complacency and when we find content in just the barrier or like the, the, the knowledge that we have now, and we're mm -hmm. not engaging in curiosity, we find ourselves, or at least in how I think of it is if we're not working the muscle, if we're not working our brain, then we are more prone to finding ourselves with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. And I Absolutely. have my grandfather just recently passed away or a year ago and right. it was, he had Alzheimer's and I think it was Alzheimer's for sure. But one thing that I recognized is even after he retired for the whole, I don't remember him. He learned how to use the computer, but he also had the same routine for as long as I can recall. And there wasn't, and it wasn't like, it wasn't the, the access to information wasn't available as much as it is now. Mm -hmm. So I find that wanting to learn more as much as I can, as I age will keep my mind healthier and I want to keep myself sharp. That's one thing that I'm really like, Ooh, like thinking about, I was like losing, it's like losing your mind and yeah. that like atrophying and that that to me is like something that's so prominent and exposing myself to things where it's like new or odd or freaky or anything along those lines gets those like feels like whoo oh like 
I feel that energy and I feel that vibe. And it's kind of interesting with podcasts, like no matter how I feel before a podcast, I feel excited or, uh, how did, how did Leah put it? She put it really well. She calls it, uh, excitedy, excitement, anxiety, where yeah. it's the, it's the excitement that is behind the anxiety where, and it's so funny because even like, I know you, but even getting onto the call, I'm like, huh, oh my gosh, going to have a podcast guest. And it's going to be like, <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so interesting. But I find show. when I get to have that, like, whew, that like little perk up, it's like, I like the time, the time just flew by as is. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have those novel experiences, uh, helps us be more present in the time that we've got in, in my mind. And when we find ourselves experiencing more novel experiences uh, or choosing to experience them, that that feeling where the days get shorter or time moves faster does not happen because we're actually experiencing something different. Because when yeah. we're younger, everything is new. So everything seems to move slower. But as we age, we have to expose ourselves to more of those novel experiences to force our days to feel longer. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch My Little Pony, the newer one? Probably not. No. Right? <laughs> um, so Pinkie Pie calls it nervous excitement. Oh, <laughs> nervous excitement. I like that. So anyway, she used to bounce around and be like, oh, I'm so nervous excited about this. <laughs> I like that. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, th I think about that a lot because I feel like there, there are a lot of adults that I interact with every day and not, not just in the gym, but everywhere else where, you know, you go through, you go through life and like, as, as a kid or as an adolescent and stuff, you've got graduations, you've got all these things, you've got these special events and you've got, um, and then you get married and then you have kids and you do all these things. And then, and then once you hit a certain stage of adulthood, it's just like, it just mm. flattens, right? And unless you keep on pushing yourself into that, into those places that make you really uncomfortable and make you learn shit about yourself, but like things that, you know, I, I think about this a lot because this is, this is why I compete um, is because otherwise I'm not going to graduate from anything. Um, I got married once. That's not ever going to happen again, hopefully. Um, you know, um, the next thing that, that might happen is like my kids might get married, but that might not happen for years. I don't know. Um, but, but I can push myself into those uncomfortable situations that punctuate life a little bit by getting up onto the competition platform. And, um, and when I, when I coach my clients and, you know, I start thinking about, you know, who I'm going to put into, into that place. And, you know, if I suggest it to somebody and I say, Hey, you know, you've been doing this for a while, maybe it's time to, hello maybe it's time to compete. Um, most of the time they go, Oh no, 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 I'm not ready. And I'm like, you're never going to be ready. It's time to do it now when you're not ready. And it doesn't matter that you don't feel ready. Um, it's just about getting up there and doing the thing that makes you uncomfortable because then the next time you do it, it might make you a little less uncomfortable, but the next time you'll have another goal. Right. So, so, you know, punctuating life with those with these events that that make you uncomfortable that you can look back at and say yeah I fucking did that I didn't think I could do it but hey 
I got that done. Now I'm a better person for it. Or now I'm stronger. Or now I, you know, I have more self-confidence or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, we have to do those things that make us uncomfortable. Otherwise, yeah. life would get really boring. Yeah, and it would, it would and then, just be a groundhog day. Yeah, yeah. And our world starts to shrink and you start, you know, not wanting to do anything that makes you uncomfortable. And I know lots of people like that, that, you know, I had, this is kind of a depressing story, but I had a client years ago who trained with me three times a week for years. Um, and she didn't ever want to drive to the South side because driving to the South side of Edmonton was like the scariest thing ever. Um, and that was fine. And I didn't push her. Um, but her, her world started to shrink and, you know, first she didn't want to drive South, but then she didn't want to drive anywhere East. And then like her little, her little neighborhood got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And now like, I don't, I don't think she leaves her house anymore. I don't know because she doesn't train anymore. And, um, you know, I, I switched gyms and she didn't feel comfortable in the gym that I was in. And, um, and yeah, like if we don't, if we don't push ourselves to do the things that make us uncomfortable, then you just, you start accepting that you can't do things and that's no good. Because you haven't built up any data or information to say otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And we find ourselves in a, yeah, that, that slump, that's a, that's a tough place to be. And yeah. I, I'm I trying about that the other day because I had to, I had to move a whole bunch of equipment and move this big load of stuff. And so I had to rent a cube van and went through, like did all the, um, did all the paperwork and everything. And the guy passed me the car keys and he's like, all right, we'll see you when you get back. And so I got into this van and, um, and the first thing that I noticed was that it didn't have a rear view mirror. And I was like, oh no, I, I can't drive this. And I sat there for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, do I call my husband and tell him I can't do this? And I'm like, no, he can't come help me. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I don't accept this. We're, we're just going to get this done. And, um, you know, and, and it went fine. But I was, as I was driving down white mud in this van, I was thinking, you know, this isn't, this isn't so bad. I just about pussied out and like, went, yeah, I can't do this. And then I, and then I thought about how embarrassing it would be to go back into Home Depot and be like, um, I can't drive without a rearview mirror and <laughs> playing that that scenario out and thinking god you can't ever do that yeah learn <laughs> learning learning how to do it on the fly felt more comfortable than the embarrassment of going to it yeah yeah oh i like that i like that uh i like the the two thoughts on that one that's a cool one and that's something simple too. That's just like driving, driving a vehicle or doing something that you do on a regular basis, but just like that added oomph, but you decide to go into it rather than just continue. But I think, to, like, I think, I think a lot of people are okay with being like, Oh, I can't do that. Mm. And I, I see it a lot in the gym where, you know, I'll say, Hey, try and try and do this thing. And, you know, you've, you've had this happen where, where a client looks at, at you like you're insane. And they're like, I can't do that. And we're like, yeah, you can give it a shot. I dare you. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't most of the time they do. And they're, they're like, Hey, I actually can do that. And, and that's training for all those other times when in life, when it's like, Oh yeah, I have to do this thing. That's hard. So what? Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I like that. Uh, what, 
trying to think of some other cool questions on that one. <laughs> I think, uh, oh man, there's that. Okay. There was a couple, there's a couple that just popped up on that one. So when it comes to pushing that threshold of discomfort, do you find hmm, when you're pushing that discomfort, do you realize more about yourself? Oh, I think so. Um, and sometimes it's good and sometimes maybe it's not so good, but, mm. um, but you definitely, if you can sort of get a little bit more comfortable with things that are hard, it certainly takes the barrier down where, you know, like what, what is the worst thing that can happen? I'm not going to die. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I try and look for things that are hard that are just like completely experimental and they're just, you know, they're not good or they're not bad, but like, I used to do a lot of stunt diets just cause, and, um, and I learned a lot from those. Um, I don't know that I would ever do it again, but, um, but, you know, I, I think that if you can get through something and be like, all right, that seemed hard, but it wasn't so bad and I didn't die. So, oh, well, <laughs> on to the next thing. Um, I think just like building up some calluses in that way is is super important so that you can sort of attack life and not and not be scared of everything. Right. Mm. It's like, yeah, something's going to be hard. Oh, well, you won't die. On the Nothing bad will happen. Totally. On the note of now I had like, now I just thought of one to kind of like conglomerate it all on the note of trying new things and just exposing yourself to a new experience or along those lines. Uh, Cause this is before the, uh, oh shoot. What was it called? I don't think it's still called the Evolve Strength Symposium, but hmm. it, it's cause you're speaking at that too, right? Yes. How do you feel about that? What are your thoughts? What's your internal dialogue like? Um, for this year, hmm. it makes me super uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I have I have some pretty major imposter syndrome being in that lineup this year because holy shit, there are some some heavy hitters, and then there's me, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing there, but that's okay. It'll be fine. It's like, you know what? I won't die. I'll try and be as engaging as possible and hopefully impart some knowledge that, you know, that people or like give something, something new to think about or something. But, um, but yeah, I am, I'm super uncomfortable with that whole thing this year. And, uh, but it'll be all right. You're stepping <laughs> into it. it. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry. Yeah, you it can... scares the shit out of me. You can but, drive oh, without a rear view mirror. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not even in the same ballpark. But, you know, it's the same, same sort of thing. It's like, oh, fuck, I can't do that. And it's like, well, I'm going to have to because um, because publicly saying um, I, I'm a nobody and I can't be in that lineup. And it's like, well, I, okay, I guess, I guess here we are. And, you know, backing out, I, if I backed out of it, I would regret it forever. I know that. 
for sure. So, so we're just going to get her done and do her best and hopefully it'll be good. I think it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, well, seeing it and I'm really excited to see what you get to talk about and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of cool. Kind of like, it's funny because you're saying that you're a nobody, but here I am thinking, oh, I'm basically talking to a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an interesting little, uh, it's interesting little dialogues and internal talk that we, or internal chatter, the funny little narratives, right? Yeah. That's so funny. Inter- interesting. That's really cool. Do you know what you're going to talk about? Are you allowed to share? Um. I think I am allowed to share. And the truth is I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cool. I have some ideas, but I have not fleshed them out yet. And um, it's going to sort of depend on what the rest of the lineup looks like. I think. Um, Yeah. I, I'm, I don't really know yet. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> trying to think of something on that one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really cool. Was there, any, is there anything that uh, I have not asked you about that you want to touch on? Um, I don't think so. We're, we're already canceled. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go that direction, I could, I could go. <laughs> fair. But no, oh, we, don't, we don't need to get more canceled than we've already been today. Totally fair. <laughs> totally fair yeah it's gonna be really good well hannah i got two questions for you all right we'll be able to close it out and these are these are fun questions they've been awesome questions for all the guests Uh, i changed it up a little bit over time but they've been a lot of fun to ask okay so first question pretty simple it's the end of your days you're on your deathbed you have all the people that you care for surrounding you. What is one piece of advice you want to pass along to the rest of the people there? Oh man. I don't know if I've figured that out yet. Um, let me think about how to answer that. Take one time. piece of advice. Oh my goodness. Um, I think I would just say, you know, like, take the bull by the balls, like, (laughs) grab that bull. (laughs) I like it. Like, we don't, we don't get any, any, you know, this is not a dress rehearsal, right? I mean, we've got to make the shit happen that we want to make happen and nobody's going to come and hand it to us and nobody's coming to save us. So We've got to, you know, if you want to see something happen and if you want to do something in your life, you got to just fucking do it. I like that. I could definitely see you just like laying there. Just fucking do it. (laughs) Get her done. Yeah. You pussy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then the second question. Second question. Okay. Pretty cool one. The very best version of you is sitting right next to you, the future best version of you, right? Okay. Is sitting next to you and wants to 
give you a piece of advice for this season of your life, what would that advice be? Keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've spent the last two years kind of trying to push into the next phase. And right now it feels like I'm beating my head against a brick wall. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm very close to loosening some of those bricks, but it hasn't happened yet. And it's going to, but man, it is a fight every fucking day right now. So we'll get there, but, but, uh, <laughs> but some days I really have to have a little chat with myself and say, okay, there's nowhere to go, but forward. So, so we just nice. got to Just got to keep going. Yeah. Just, just keep going. I love that. That's keep great. Going. Both are fantastic, fantastic answers. And I'm sure in five years from now, or whenever I have you on the podcast next, <laughs> when it'll okay. be in person. Ooh, cool. Yeah. One day. One day. All right. We'll see. We'll see how the, how the uh, question may change or the answer may change. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm sure it will. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it'll, I think it definitely will because like you said, things are going to change over time. Then you just have this whole different little philosophy as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well then folks, that's why I've got for you in today's episode. Hannah, where can people find you? Oh, I am Gray Area Strength on Instagram and YouTube. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me in the gym most of the time. <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah. All right. Folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Share it to your Instagram stories and tag me with my handle at Dapper Dude Kyle, along with at Gray Area Strength. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, keep up the kindness. And I hope your day treats you as good as you look. <laughs>